Welcome back, Seahawks fan, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the peanut butter to my chocolate chips, Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? We make a great team. Yeah, and our very own oatmeal raisin. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing, buddy? Not a part of the team, but very flavorful and loved, nonetheless. I would love oatmeal raisins yeah, if Eric, was you can't appreciate them until you're raisins. older. Other <laughs> great. What is what is the deal? Why why raisins and cookies, man? It's just like it could be. You could put. Anything I am in the there. cookie that no one wants until there's a ton left, and then one person eats twenty of them. You get that multi pack at Costco. I, it's got the macadamia nut white chocolate. Those just go. Like the oh, chocolate chip. Eating these the whole time. Bro. Those just go, and then oatmeal raisins left at the end. But then, of course, once once the other ones are all gone, those are going too. Yes. Yeah. It's it's happening. All right. Uh, let's just get right into it. This actually, you know what? No. No, nope, nope, nope. I'm gonna do it this. Day. I'm gonna uh, switch it up a little bit. Um, okay, so the Seahawks. You know, I think at this point you can we can tell we're gonna look back at this season and we're gonna think of what could have been with this team. A uh, close loss against the Rams. Oh, a close loss God. against against the Cowboys. A close loss against the Bengals. Um, pro- to upcoming likely probably one one more close loss against either the Eagles or the 49ers and then an inexplicable close loss against like the Steelers and we're gonna look back and think man if we could have just put it together in those in those few games um for a team that so consistently is falling just short in these important games um, what is it about the way that I guess what is it about the way that Pete Carroll builds these teams that leads to these kind of he, he puts he's purposefully putting himself in these situations and it's it's hard it's hard so i want to talk big picture like what do you what are you gonna when you what do you think when you look back on this season at the end of the season what are you what are you gonna think go ahead eric start us off Ugh. i'll start us off because you said so um that's a great question it's very it's <laughs> we'll, we'll tackle it next week um, no, what is, what is after, after the 49ers beat us by 30 again? Yeah. No kidding. Well, I mean, cause the game's already decided. We don't really need to... Halftime 20th century trivia. Oh, sorry. I can, I can just, you know, focus because There's my Mitch trivia decided. joke that I always do for just Eric. <laughs> I appreciate it. No. Um, so Hey, Ke- is... Hey Kevin, how you doing? Hey Kevin, how are you? How are you? You doing good? You doing good? Kevin, I'm are you there? Right. Oh, man. <laughs> um, no, so Pete does this thing where he fourth quarter comebacks at <laughs> night. All right, Kevin. All right, Kevin. The bleachers trivia. Sorry, <laughs> you're already banned. Sorry. Uh, Pete does this thing where he obviously, you know, he builds his defense around an idea, and that idea is, you know, he wants to get pressure with four, and he wants to have, and he wants uh, to limit big great, plays, right? Limit big plays and use the secondary to achieve that. And as well as, you know, shut down where he can. Find a stud in the secondary. But that's not always available to Pete. But Pete still plays like that. And he expects all his guys to compete and show up that way. So when you ask the question, like, how does Pete accomplish this type of losing season? It's it's that. By not having the dogs. Not having the guys to get it done for his system. And again, I'm sorry. He's too stubborn to change. Too stubborn to adjust. Uh, or his, his assistants can adjust, and we're kind of stuck with the same. That was the worst part about this tire. game, Eric, is that we really played to the identities, I felt like, in this game for the most part. We'll talk about where they got away, but their longest play of the game was like 24 yards. 
You know, they didn't have in very many big plays. And we had the big play, you know, the throw, the throw to yep. Metcalf goes for 73. And we felt like we our offense finally had a little bit of an identity. It was throw it to DK and JSN. Get them in space. Let those guys cook. And it was it felt like the identities were there on both sides of the ball. And at the end of the day, we still lost. And that, I think, is probably what hurts the most, is that this felt like the game where we saw the Seahawks can hang with the big dogs, right? They can hang with the best teams in the NFL. The, the Dallas Cowboys are 6-0 and at home. They are 9-3. and They are going to make the playoffs and make some noise. This is a good football team. We hung in there. We played with them. We led for a big chunk of this game. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, um, the shortcomings of the Seahawks were too much to overcome, uh, even though it seemed like we found our footing and our identity <clears throat> a little bit. We can hang with the big dogs, but we also play rope-a-dope with every single team. Look at that Carolina game. It's a 10-point win. Okay. Mm-hmm. We play rope dope. That's a boxing term. Pete Carroll loves boxing, and Pete Carroll love. He said, "I love playing in close football games. It's my yes, favorite." He, and he also says, "You can't win it in the first quarter. You can't win it in the second. When can you win the? You can win the game." And everyone goes fourth quarter, and he goes, "Yay!" So that's the thing that Pete Carroll does, and it's by design. So how how does this keep happening? Because it's by design. Yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll wants to play this 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 game where we're close, where play the game is close, and and then we you know we can have the hero drive to win it. And in this particular game, uh, we needed we had two shots with Gino at the end of the game to get the win, and he could not deliver a, a win on either of those uh, opportunities. Kevin, uh, I'll shoot to you. Uh, what what big picture? You know, when you think when we look, because at this point, I think. You know, the playoff odds are waning. We're down to 25%. And our playoff odds didn't take it just a hit because of what we did in this game. If we won this game, obviously, it would have been it'd be a lot better. But Green Bay beats Kansas City. Uh, the Rams beat the Rams beat the Browns. These are both um, minor upsets well, or major upsets in the case of Green Bay. Rams and, are a rough one for us. And both of those are just those are the teams we're competing directly against the playoffs. We've lost to the Rams twice. We do not have a tiebreaker against them. Uh, Green Bay is going to have tiebreaker on us based on conference record because we're going to lose. We lost to the Rams twice, so our conference record sucks. Um, yeah, this is it's rough. It's rough right now uh, for us in terms of like what's going on. Plus, so when you look back, what are you going to think uh, about this this run that we're on right here? I'm on a similar page to Eric. The Pete Carroll way is to have superior talent, give them proper motivation and then allow them to execute a simple scheme at a very high level. And the issue with that is that it requires superior talent. And right now, we don't have that. And we're specifically lacking it in the trenches, which is rough. Um, Our offensive line is not superior to the level of talent on defensive lines in the NFL. And that's a consistent issue. Um, It's an issue of health, but it's also just kind of an issue of, like, dudes. We don't have across the across the board an offensive line that can just roll up and dominate in the run or the pass. Um, you didn't enjoy twenty two the twenty two the twenty two snaps of forty seven year old Jason Peters in this game. Those weren't those didn't work for you. Uh, that was a, that was a sure thing. Anyway, decisions were made. As you were. Uh, so, and then on defense, I think you know there's. Questions about health and viability at linebacker. I think there's questions about um, the investment we've made at safety. 
And all of that leads to a situation where, you know, you have something like, oh, Ochenna Nwosu goes down with an injury, which is a thing that happens, but that's just enough to take our slight talent advantage and upend it a little bit. And now our defense isn't the same killer defense that it was there for a stretch of weeks. You know, our offense just, you know, we lose K9 or Gino just isn't quite as accurate, especially on deep passes as he was. You know, these little like when you're trying to play close all the time and you're always trying to win on the margins, you also risk losing on the margins. And this is a season where we're losing on the margins over and over again. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think at this point it's time to get into the nitty gritty of the game. And I think we got to first start with the MVP of the game. Okay, so the MVP of this game, I want to give it up. There's actually uh, seven of them. And we're going to go from from least important to most important. We got Scott Campbell, Low Van Pham, Jonah Monroe, John Jenkins, Julian Mapp, Dana McKenzie, and the captain of them all, the, the captain of the team, the real MVP, Cleet Blakeman. Let's give it up for the refs. Like this was just man, a ref they were talking performance to of a lifetime. It was just a wow. What a ref performance. I mean, there was a drive in this game where the Cowboys got all their yards basically from penalty yards. And it was it's just yeah. ridi- it's just ridiculous how how impactful the referees were in this game. Cleet Blakeman. And, you know, we got a drive where we got quite a few gifts on it as well. The thing that makes me the most frustrated is not that they called a tight game. There was lots of penalties. It's that at the end of the game, when when the game was on the line, they swallowed their whistles because it's it's now it's they, they don't want to be noticed. Because you oh, can't we, make the call now. Yeah, it's just like, you know what? If it's you're like going to you call like that, that call. you're going to call like that. Don't don't tell me in the first quarter that some guy grazing someone's shoulder is a is a sorry is yeah. a uh, is pass interference. It's a pass interference, yeah. and then in the fourth quarter, a guy can get you know kind of pulled at the waist, and it's not a pass interference. It's just it's ridiculous. The the, the they should be embarrassed. Yeah, you it line up the play Bobby got whistled for, and you line up JSN's first down catch that would have been, and it's the exact same contact at the exact same time. Like you said, like our, our yeah. claim has never been that the coaches are rigging games or that the refs are rigging games. It's just that yeah, their general that's incompetence. That's Brett. That's Brett. drastically changes the outcome of the game. Like they're not favoring one team or the other, though with how all in they are on gambling. I don't know, man. Maybe we are getting, uh, what is it? Uh, Donahue? Yeah. Uh, it's, Maybe we are getting an, Donahue. I, the, the, ref, the NFL ref scandal is coming. It's coming. The NBA had one. There is going to be one. And the worst part is, is that like in the NBA, you know, because no big M, the, some of the guys that are heavily implicated in that just are still refing because they know where all the bodies are. And they they were like, oh, you can just keep your job <laughs> if you stay quiet, basically. So we still get to deal with Scott Foster all the time. And, you know, that might be the Cleet Blakeman. Cleet Blakeman might know where all the bodies are buried. So he gets to keep his job, even though he sucks and he's an idiot and he was part of it. You know that. Hey, watch the Netflix documentary about the NBA refing debacle with uh, with the Tim, whatever his name was. Uh, it's it's kind of scary stuff. So uh, let's go. Let's go to offense. Uh, offensive line was was fine. Not nothing special, especially in the in the run game. But they did an okay job, especially against a pass rush as ferocious as this one. I think what they gave up zero sacks. Is that correct? Um, thought they I gave up one I, sack, but I don't give up no sacks. Okay. Yeah, and it, there was they were they had four sacks, I think, but they were all like 
you know, running back misses the play or, or Gino messes up or something like that. It was not though. None of them were, Oh, they had one. It says defensive tech, one sack the whole game, Jonathan Hankins. So yeah, yeah, we had four sacks. I had it backwards. They had one and we had four. (laughs) Sorry. I had it backwards. So the, the D, the offensive line did fine. This is a really good pass rush tank. You know, they got tank Lawrence. They have Micah Parsons. They did an okay job. Gino was great. Stellar performance from Gino. We, we could talk about it all day. He looked really sharp. The DK. Great. JSN. Great. Tyler. Great. You know, this is the offense looked really, really good. Like they found their identity. The thing that makes me mad is when the situational football happened, when the game was on the line, it was like the identity went out the window. It's like, oh, we're throwing over the middle again. We're doing all stuff. And then when we get to the fourth quarter, when we really need it, we're running all outside routes again. We're doing all the same dumb stuff we were doing before. And the the worst play of all was the last play of the game. And I'm just going to throw this out there. It was very reminiscent to me of the Super Bowl where we lost it on the goal line. For this reason, you ready? We we ran a play that was specifically designed to use a backup player as the primary or maybe even only option on the play. Yes. Okay, you do not run if sure. I don't care what your play sheet says, what your scouting says that this is the right play for the, the right call for this time. You do not run that play with DJ Dallas. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. He's the third string running back for a reason. He's a great special teamer. He's a guy who can come in for a couple of plays and make an impact, but he is not a great run NFL running back. And if your play is designed to have him speed over to the other side of the formation, rub Micah Parsons, and then catch a screen, that's too many things for him. That's too many. Those are too many things for him to do, and they're all too important for the last play of potentially the last play of the game. You have to make a different play call there. Your identity. Not to mention, Micah Parsons is probably the best speed rusher in the NFL. Like that is a huge stretch block to ask from anyone. He's a monster. And DJ Dallas is. Let's face it. Like he had a fumble on special teams. That's all he is right now. He lost his starting job. He lost his backup job as running back. He's a special teamer. Hanging on as a special teamer. I wouldn't say he's he's great. I mean, like the play design. It's just it's just a ridiculous play design. We saw it in the first three quarters. The identity of this team. We were like, okay, they're doing it. They're they're getting the ball to DK in space. They're getting the ball to JSN in space. So why with the game on the line are we running a play where DJ Dallas has to come across the formation, disrupt Micah Parsons, and then catch the football? It is an it is a ridiculous play call. Honestly, if nothing else gets Waldron fired, that specific play should. That play call is a fireable offense to me. It is so bad. It's and it's just I don't- I don't know. Incredibly frustrating. This still smells of Pete because, again, it's a guy who can't do the job being asked to do the job. That's exactly that Super Bowl play was Ricardo Lockett being asked to block Brandon Browner. I'm sorry, Malcolm Jenkins. And then, but Brandon Browner knew the the play, saw the play, and took Ricardo Lockett out of it. Both receivers on the play were like the fourth and fifth string receivers for us. It was like Lockett and. Well, it's because we had injuries too, which is the same thing we're running into here. It's like, okay, if that was a canine play originally, and we were just like, well, you know, next man up, it's like, that's not the same man. Like, yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, that's not the same dude. You cannot expect those two dudes to be the same thing. Like I, whatever guy we bring out, like, I'm not going to have Dariq Young come out and expect him to be DK Metcalf in a game, you know, like in a big run that play with. Run that play with Noah Fant. Like I'm run not even joking. Bobo. Run it with run it with, run it with any number of tight ends that we don't use. Yeah, Noah Fant would have been great. I would have been fine with us being like, "Hey, Noah Fant, go run this, go run this play." 
and that's that would work for me better than running it with dj dallas it's just it was just classic this year seahawks to like finally feel like they were falling into a, a you know the identity that they should have and just totally blow it all right let's get let's hear offensive thoughts kevin i know you have lots of notes what were some things that stood out on offense for you you know, uh, I felt like this was one of those games where uh, the team didn't give up on the run, despite the run not being super successful. Um, and that was mostly a blocking thing. Uh, Zach Charbonnet averaged 3.2 yards per attempt, um, 2.68 of which were after contact. Uh, he was effective enough. If you're getting three yards, like that doesn't hurt to uh, to pound the rock a little bit and to extend drives. So I like the fact that we kept with it and we gave him 19 carries. It I like to put nice this to another way. Not move away from that. Another and, way is 50, 51 yards of the but, 60 yards came after contact. That's like, I think like really illustrates just how much he was doing the work there too. And then we'll, yeah, continue. And <laughs> to go with that, uh, Gina was seven for nine uh, for 92 yards and a touchdown on play action. So we are using... Um, a consistent run game uh, and a mix of that and play action in order to get ourselves some big play. Like uh, he had uh, six, but PFF would grade his big time throws. Three of them came on play action. He was taking the ball down the field on play action. That was how we were kind of opening things up and taking the top off the defense. Yeah. And the, the under pressure stats were still just like, just as sketchy as usual. Four for 15 under pressure. 19 for 26 kept clean. Like we've said it all year, the way if we want Gino to be effective, we really have to make sure he's staying relatively untouched when the game, he can get the ball out quick. You know, like we saw it, his time to throw on the, on the kept clean ones is 2.09 seconds. Like I said, we were finding an identity, quick hitting offense, throwing quickly, neutralizing their pass rush with our, with our play selection. But just, um, it fell apart at the end. It, it's like they ran out of ran out of juice or something. I don't know. <laughs> they, they needed a, a uh, bottle of Michael's quick, also, special stuff. Uh, <laughs> JSN, uh, still the one man uh, screen fixer. Our oh screen game four for four, uh, fifty seven yards. He's he's so good. He went, um, yeah, he went all his pat all his passes, but one came ten yards or less. Uh, three were caught behind the line of scrimmage. Like he. Just get the ball in his hands. He makes good things happen. He's just a, he's just a really good football player. Well, I, and he finally had another week to actually shine out in another uh, prime time game to show that. Yeah. So I, the throwbacks looked great. Yeah, his A dot was five point two, and he averaged a uh, uh, eight point nine yards per reception. Like that's mm-hmm. that's good. It's kind of it's kind of fun to have a yak monster on the team. I think like what we want to see with this team right now, all of us is just progression at this point, right? Like we want to see the team play better. And for the most part, the offense did play better in this game. It's just they couldn't they couldn't come up with the right plays when they when they really needed it at the end. Um, And I think the frustrating thing here is that after losing a game like this is fine if going forward we played every game like this, meaning every game it's like, we, we fed it to DK every game. Oh yeah. Why we, can't this we offense show up the Eric same went, week? Eric went full zoom dad right there and, and muted, <laughs> muted himself. Had to, had to. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> um, but I, I agree. Like Eric, Eric, the, the, 
it's just you want to see the progression continue, right? Next game, we need to look better against San Francisco than we did the first this time. This isn't the first time we've done this, though, guys. Like this, all season, we've been like, I think the offense is good. Our defense just needs to come around, and then our defense has like a three-game stretch, or our offense is like not putting it together. It's like the commercial of the the old man with the dollar on the fishing pole. Oh, yeah. get him, 12. And I don't, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know what we're going to do against Philly. I have no idea. Like, I could see this being a shootout win. I could see it being a 19-7 win. I could see it being any number I mean, of losses. The, the 49ers uh, lost by more or beat the Eagles by more than the they beat us by. Yes. So, so I, I, like I said, I said it last week. I think the Eagles is the best matchup for us in the in the gauntlet here, and I'm sticking to that. It's it's still the case. We looked better against Dallas than I thought, actually. Considering, but do you think you couldn't get a stupid win this week? I mean, it's possible that that I'm I'm going to say it's less than 15 percent for us to win at this point. I, it just does not feel like we're we're capable of playing. Uh, putting together four full quarters of football like that. Does that make sense? Like, yes, yeah, we can hang fair. with San Francisco for a half or we could play with them for, for a while. But at the end, at the end of the game, well, what you know, if we Tanya gonna be, Harding, Trent Williams is like, there's going to be some point in the game. So every game, uh, they, the, uh, the 49ers have are 16 and 0 in the last 16 games where Debo CMC and Purdy all ended the game uninjured. They're 16 on the 16 games. We said it the whole year. This is the best roster if they stay healthy. And so far, they've had only one real major injury that has been permanent. They lost Talano Hufanga. That's it. Everyone else has stayed relatively healthy. And then there was a three-game stretch where these guys were a little dinged up, and they lost all three games. So yeah, that we should, yes, so much Tanya. How much <laughs> so, the 49ers are gonna cry when they lose like two players in the wild card round and get bounced? And they'd be like, if if our guys were healthy, we'd have won the Super Bowl by seventeen Kevin, touchdowns. Kevin, that is our Super Bowl this year. <laughs> it will happen. We just want to and get as you notice, yeah. you bring guys, Greg Williams I'm, out. I'm also back to call in Bella special Jack. guest coach Sean Payton. We were because I am already you on remember, the field. You guys, remember when we were five and two? <laughs> no, I don't. I've if uh, we just coming off the Browns win. How many just seasons felt, ago was that? <laughs> felt like we were really building momentum. We'd had we had had like seven straight games of over seventy PFF rating. Just like we'd played really good football for like seven straight weeks, uh, or at least solid. And then it just the Ravens the, we thought were beatable. <laughs> the Raven the wheels came off in that Ravens game, and they have never really uh, gotten back on the. Okay, Jason Myers. We have to talk about him. I, I'm going to skip defense and come circle We're back. We're paying I just him wanna, so much money. He makes way too much money to not be just a reliable three. You know that that should have been a three point game at the end. We should be looking to get into field goal range. It's so difficult for me to to continue to be so positive about a guy who has bottom five in the NFL field goal percentage right now and gets paid in top five. You just can't do that. You just can't do that. And there's no way for us to get off the contract. It's a big mistake by John Schneider and Pete Carroll to have that big giant contract on the books. Uh, unless that guy is going to be Justin Tucker and he is not. Well, next year he and, will if be. You can, and if you can't be, if you can't be Justin Tucker, can you at least be a guy who can like just bang 50 plus yarders, you know, like a, like a Brandon McManus type or whatever, you know, like one of those guys who just can has the boot. 
So anyway, all right, let's go to the defense. All right. What do you want to start with? Want to start with Bobby? I think Bobby's a good place to start. <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Bobby Wagner at this point it. in his career should not play 89 out of 89 snaps on an NFL football team. That's I'm not saying I'm not saying Bobby Wagner does not belong on an NFL football field anymore. He is a very good run defender still. Okay. But he is cooked in the kind of coverage that the Seahawks ask him to play. He does not have the lateral quickness to cover the ground. And he was a big reason. Everyone is comp. The thing is, is that in this case, everyone on the field has to compensate for it. And it kills us over the middle with not Dalton Schultz. What is this guy? Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Jake Ferguson and CD lamb and all these guys want to go want to play in the middle of the field. And now everyone else has to kind of pinch and squeeze everywhere because you know, we just do not have the lateral quickness at linebacker. And the thing that bothers me the most is that we do have the lateral quickness at linebacker. You know, it could be Jordan Brooks or it could even uh, – it could even be – Jamal Adams. Jamal, my keyboard just turned off and it freaked me out. Devin Bush. <laughs> okay. But, like, you just <clears throat> leave only one linebacker on the field on these plays. Okay. And, like, really, you know, get some speed onto the field on these third downs where we know they're going to throw, right? We know that eventually they're going to, they're going to throw. And so, well, we have the belief that spoon and uh, Adams are capable enough in run coverage that we don't lose as much by having um, an extra safety on the field as other teams would. Yeah. But so it's time to stress that and give it a try. Here's the thing. Pete with the guys, we do this every year and it's the same stuff Pete does every year. Pete's going to play more big nickel. Pete's going to do this thing where we put, and then One he does linebacker in it. We it never happens. And then he does like three safeties for like two games, and those are the games where the defense looks really good. And you're like, oh, it's it's happening. It's finally it, it happens for like you know two thirds of a couple games, and you're like, wow, I want to see more of this. Also, Bobby got hung out to dry before he left for the Rams. We used to put him on deep tight end routes. We'd have him covering deep middle when he's an up middle guy. Like this is by the it's way just. Continued abuse towards Bobby Wagner. 17 snaps of three safeties in this game, which is 17 sounds like a lot, but there's 89 defensive snaps. Yeah. So you got, you got the data of how we did in those. Snaps? Yeah, I want that number closer to 40. Uh, I Julian love has a good rate rated out pretty good by like the, the stats I have in front of me here. And I, so that makes me think that those snaps went decently well, but it's hard. To, it's hard to say. I have to go back and like chart just specifically those plays, yeah. which I just my both my kids are sick, so I didn't have time to do it. I'm going to be honest. I just didn't have enough time. That's fun. Uh, I, I did watch Matty Brown on Twitter's breakdown of Bobby. He was like, you guys want keep asking me why I think Bobby's a little bit cooked. So here's a video. And I watched that and I was like, yep, this is exactly what I'm seeing when I watch him like he. I've been saying for like five weeks now, like he can play on the run downs. He can play on early downs when we have two or three linebackers on the field. He's yes, he can stay in the game. When we have one linebacker on the field, he cannot be that guy. We has to be someone else. We just can't get, get to the spot. Yeah, we have to get him off the field. And also at this point, we can say the team does not believe in Kobe Bryant in any significant way. And the Jarek Reed injury might be more significant than we originally thought, because it feels like the defensive formations were a little looser when we had Jarek as kind of an interchangeable piece. And now it's like, it feels so tight. Like they're everything they're doing is just very tight and moderately predictable. 
and they have the dogs, but it's just not quite there. All right, Jamal Adams. Here we go, Eric. I'm, I'm teeing you up, Jamal Adams. What do you What do you want me to say about Jamal Adams on this podcast? Did you I'll get crucified? Did you, did you love? Did you? No, I'm with you on this game, dude. The way did you like just, his Brian Russell impression? Every time he did, the, the few times he would do something good and he'd jump up and <clears throat> gas himself up and go crazy. And then the next play just get cooked by by the, by the Jake Ferguson or whatever. And it's just like being behind or out of position. I don't, here's the thing. I've gone so hard on Jamal Adams, like, I don't know, for years. Uh, I, I don't know if he is just so off in the system or if it's injuries after after you know all the years he's been here there was a short time where jamal adams although still not worth the two first round picks there was a time where it was like wow okay this guy is just gonna be like super blitzer and that guy who makes them think twice before they throw a short route um i have no idea why we pulled back before jamal got injured we pulled back from that and i don't understand why because it was like oh we're gonna do more stuff with jamal adams what we were doing for a short period of time we had him healthy was working really well. And if you could have just worked everything around that, again, you're you're paying two force for a guy. You think you may want to build around that instead of stretching him somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's I, I really don't know if it's Jamal or if it's the coaching staff. As it, the person on this podcast who posts the least number of pictures of my significant other on social media, I feel comfortable going after him. So... Let me say it this way. <laughs> the Got fact him. is the, the fact is that this dude misses too many tackles and he misses them in too many high leverage situations. Yeah. As much as he's capable of being a great player, like uh what well, he's missed 12 tackles so far on the season. Um this is a consistent problem and he's missing those on and that doesn't count when he's gone in for the sack and not been able to bring the quarterback down. Like there's something fundamentally wrong with the way that he's addressing this. It feels like he's pressing. He's trying to make big hits. And he's not playing sound fundamental football. And he's like, like you said, he's gassing himself up after everything. He's coming in hot on every play. And then he's missing. He's, pu- he's pushing. Is that the season so far, he's missed 22.2% of his tackles. Prior to the season, his highest missed tackle percentage was 14.9. And in his two seasons before he became a Seahawk, it was 5.4 and 7.4. This is a guy who used to not miss a lot of tackles, who is now missing quite a few tackles. And it it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch him. I mean, he plays with an edge. That's why I think Pete loves him. That's why I think the team loves him. That's why, I mean, we all want him to succeed. So he plays with an edge. And he Wait, do you think win- his missed tackle percentage correlates to his percentage of the roster's uh, budget? Maybe yeah, that's the problem. Oof. And and we all like we love say it was a number of little hammers available, Kevin. Two, 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 two. No, it's no offense. Uh, tweet <laughs> on this one. Uh, okay, so the the thing for me about Jamal though is now he, that Luke Wilson's retired, we're all sad that we aren't blocked by anybody on social media. Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I'm trying to get I'm trying to get blocked by Jamal Adams right here. Yeah, keep it stepping, Prez. Okay, so the the no, but the, the Jamal Adams thing. Okay, is he's just. He's the good stuff is very good, and you see it in every game. In every game, there's at least five plays where you're like, "Whoa, he's got it! He's yeah. got it! It's but he's back." And then, and then there's three Only plays Patrick where you're Mahomes like, oh. can make that play." Oh, sorry. You're like, "Oh, it's not back. It's a thing." And I, I do think wholesale, he's been kind of replaced in that role. Eric said, as the kind of intermediate enforcer, a run defender, and active blitzer, 
he is worse in, at all of those things than Devin Witherspoon. And so that's that's another problem is that his role is being filled by a younger, better player that is, you know. He's been cuckolded by a stronger, younger man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. think he'd like it if he said that. Well, I'm try- <laughs> hey, we're trying to get him, trying to get him blocked, uh, blocked but, right? Come on. But Withers- Witherspoon is is kind of Jamal Adams for the modern football game. Astros you know what I mean? Drive into a if ditch you- listening to this. If you if you if you take 2023 NFL football what you want from the Jamal Adams role it's what Devin Witherspoon is now. Yeah. Devin Witherspoon is kind of just washed out of the thing and it's it's tough because you know you know now it's like okay does Jamal fit in as like the third linebacker maybe and he probably would be good at it but we're not committing in the to the level of, to okay, that that we should. So I think we need to blitz him a- more as the other piece. I think yes, that is a feature of his game that yes. needs to be just, considered more. Just make him more of like a hybrid linebacker who blitzes all the time and like, you know, doesn't. Like we did in his first year. This yeah. is this is a segue into something I want to bring up about Witherspoon. Witherspoon is really great and uh, he can do so much and we put him in a lot of different places. I really just want to see this guy shut down one side of the field or one third of the field as a corner and occasionally blitz. Swiss armoring, Swiss... Swiss Army knifing spoon is cool, but when you don't have any other pieces around him that can do everything, like I just said about Jamal in his, you know, after that first year, what what are we doing it for? Tariq Willen, when, when Tariq Willen starts playing better, it will work better. It The problem, I think, is not that we shouldn't be doing that with Witherspoon. It's that why isn't Tariq Willen playing at an all, all pro slash pro bowl level right now? It's it takes away so much from our defense to have him be so unreliable. And right now, the only thing he's reliable for is getting penalties. You know, you know. So Which I feel like he's picked on, but I also feel like now he's hesitant. It's been a yes, really it's, bad year. He's, un, he's unsure about himself. It's he had. I a don't level, see it improving until next year. He had a when level of confidence the, last year that just yes. not is not there this year. Like look at the coverage on CD Lamb in this game, and it felt like as soon as you did any type of press man coverage. You just got called for a penalty. And so he stopped doing press man coverage, but then you're giving CD Lamb half a step. And if CD Lamb has, has half a step, he's going to burn you. And I feel like that is kind of an area where the inconsistent job that NFL officials are doing is not really being talked about enough is the way that that impacts other parts of the game. And I don't know what the right move is there coaching wise, telling him to stop or having him keep going and, kind of pull an old lob you can't call this every play but like a lane needs to be picked we had a we had a lot of different looks for cd lamb um obviously if he's gonna get targeted 17 times he's we're gonna see a bunch of different guys uh cover him but bush got targeted once uh trey brown three times jamal adams once quandre once witherspoon four woolen seven and he was most successful against woolen although woolen did have a pass breakup and Witherspoon to give up a touchdown. But yeah, it's tough. CD Lamb's just hard to guard. You know, it's like this is like a top five young wide receiver in the NFL right here. Like there aren't there aren't five guys in the league who are better than this guy. And so, you know, as much as we would say, like, oh, DK's great, you know, like CD Lamb is is above that level. And so it's like, yeah, this guy's real good. He's gonna get some some of his. And you know, 12 for 16, 116 and one is is tough, but it's not unbeatable. 
the, what you don't want to happen is Jake Ferguson to get 77 yards and Brandon cooks to get a touchdown. Right. You know, all that other stuff that happens is just as, is, you know, just as detrimental to our, to our, to our team. So, yeah. I mean, Willen did his best. I think Willen did the best of the guys. I mean, he he did give up, you know, six receptions on seven targets, but he got a pass breakup. He was doing the best that he could. I keep he kept the game in front. And of his him tackling was better. He's just yeah. It's just like there's just a level of confidence that he seems to be working through right now that he needs to get. He needs to get the the swag back. He needs the swag back, you know. And however, P helps him get it. Now, P is very confident that this team's going to turn it around, guys. He went on KJR with Brock and Brock asked him the, the very pointed question about like, you know, what we've seen. Pete said, you know, this team's going to make it to the playoffs. And when we make it, we're going to have gone through everything already. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, like all the different kinds of adversity you can go through. We got it, Pete. The thing, the thing that's tough for me is th- this roster is really weird. Our roster is really weird. We've got these older players that are dragging up our average age. But at the end of the day, we're the fifth youngest team in football. <laughs> like, Pete's like, gonna, even with even with guys like Bobby, the last motivation to get us to the Super Bowl, Bobby, Quandre, Gino, who is an older quarterback. We have these old players all over our team. They're dragging our average age way up, but we're still the fifth youngest team in football. And so yeah. for me, it's like, yeah, I get it. But for me at this point, I'm not even thinking about the playoffs anymore. It'd be great if we made the playoffs. I would love it. We have fumbled that bag. We sh- we should have beat the Rams two weeks ago. We or three weeks ago. We should have beat the Cowboys last night. If that was really what um, we were going to be doing, and it's not to say we can't make the playoffs, just that we probably won't. I do wonder. And probably shouldn't. I do wonder. Like, let's be honest. Uh, like one of the youngest teams in football. I mean, just from a pure talent perspective, we are as good as these other six and six teams that are that are around the same level as us, right? Like. We're not we're not worse than Minnesota. We're not worse than Green Bay. We're that's the that is the level we're at. We're right there with those teams. And uh yeah, it DVOA has us Minnesota's fifteenth, Green Bay's seventeenth, and the Seahawks are eighteenth. We're in a nice little, <laughs> little clump there. We are ba- all relatively close. We're all within two percent of each other. Yeah, that's Damn that's the group of teams. That's the group that's the group of teams we're in right now. We are in that that meaty middle, the mediocre teams. The thing that sucks is our losses hurt us on every tiebreaker, like losing to the Rams twice, losing, losing all these conference games. Our tiebreakers suck. So we have to have more wins than everyone else, or we need those other teams to start losing. And guess what? Green Bay, go look at the schedule. They're making the playoffs. Oof. They, that, that, that win, move, Kevin, that way, that win for them was huge because down the that stretch. Was big. Yeah. They're playing the weak sisters of the poor. Down, down the stretch, they get to play the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Vikings. That's that's four wins. And so the Packers are getting to 10 wins. We have to beat one of Philadelphia or San Francisco to get 10 wins. So I don't know. And then the, the Vikings, their schedule is, is not exceptionally difficult either. They play the Raiders, the Jake Browning Bengals. They get to play the Lions twice. So if the Lions can stay hot, that would help us quite a bit. Um, yeah, it's just tough. You know, we have a really hard schedule on top of the fact that we're now tied with these teams that all have tiebreaker zones. We got to get to nine or ten wins and if we if that's what we want to do. And um, it just feels like we're going to fall just short. You know, we're going to have this, the, the right record but the wrong tiebreaker kind of situation. And that's just too bad. All right. You guys ready to talk Niners? Yes. Can't um, wait. Can't wait. I'm, I'm past... I'm past this game. 
Let's talk about it. I don't really need a win in fantasy, but I have very high exposure to Debo Samuel in fantasy this year. And wow, he really kills the Seahawks every time we play him. <laughs> that's that's my that's my comment on that. It's like you want me to read my notes. Debo Samuel just kills us every time we play them. And George Kittle is always good for at least one play that will make me just so angry. Like that play last time yeah. with, where he just sunned Jamal Adams for a first down. It just He's good for one of those. McCaffrey's a nightmare out of the backfield for us with, with this just pure speed, especially against a guy like Wagner. I'm not, I'm not like super excited. not super excited about this week's game. I'm not going to lie. What, what, do you, what do you got, Kevin? All right. Charbonnet averaged 3.14 yards uh, after contact um, and only 3.4 yards per attempt last time. Uh, I think we need to run at Bosa, basically. Uh, if we're going to do this, I think we need to use kind of an inside power run game. We need to block better. We need to rush more than 14 times. And then the other thing that was fluky was DK dropped two passes and caught three of nine. JSN only was targeted three times and had 41 yards and the um, average seven and a half yak. If we if our usage for D, if DK's performance and JSN's usage looks like it does in the Dallas game, our offense can be functional. Yeah, That's so kind of I the actually, key to our offense being competitive. I actually went back and like looked at the at the losses, the three losses that San Francisco had. You know, like what what happened in those games? Like what did the what did the pass chart look what like happened? for the other team? What did what did what did Cle what did Cleveland do on offense that won them that game? Well, okay, so Cle let's go to Cleveland first. Cleveland, did you know what they did? They fed Amari Cooper and David and Joku the ball. They were like, okay, these are our guys. Where do those guys like to work? They like to work in the in the middle. middle. They gave them small. And then, like Kevin said, they ran. They ran a lot. Uh, in this game, they had 34 running back uh, rush. Or, sorry, sorry, 29 running back rushes in this game. That's a lot. That's a ton. Yeah, you run it. Run at these guys. And I was like, okay, well, what about Minnesota? How did Minnesota beat them? Their running backs, their running backs are garbage. Like, what did they do? Okay, so Minnesota, yeah, they had 18 running back rushes, even though they have Akers and Madison. And then what did they do in the passing game? They fed TJ Hawkinson. They fed Jordan Addison. Where do those guys like to work? You guys know? In the middle of the middle field. Of the field. Do you know what we need field. to do? Is Don't be afraid of Fred Warner. Yeah, he's good. I'm not going to like act like, oh, Fred Warner's garbage. Fred Warner is, is not. Fred Warner is good at football. Don't get me wrong. That is the guy you kind of have to go after. You have to go, and we need to give our big dogs the ball because do you know how Cincinnati beat the 49ers? Jamar Chase went 10 for 100 and a touchdown. Like, that's how they beat them. They You give the your best players the ball, and they also did run the ball like 20, 18 times, 18 running back rushes. So, yeah, I think the key to this game, if we're going to stay in it, 20, 20 running back rushes from Charbonnet, DK needs to get fed the ball. JSN needs to get fed the ball in space. Those are our two best players. I love Tyler Lockett. I will always love Tyler Lockett, but it is time to like reduce his role in the offense to whenever only whenever there's three receivers on the field. He has been, he's our clutch first down guy. Correct. Yes, and he started out as a guy who was who would just get lost in the field and be open. Let's put him back at that. That's I mean look at this last game against Dallas. He was he was targeted. He missed some balls. He was he was covered tightly. He still had five receptions for like seventy yards, seventy four yards. Sprinkle um, him in. Sprinkle him in. That's a great line. Like for a third receiver, let that yep. happen. Yeah, it's a great line. So just, I'm with you. I think it needs to be DK all day. JSN, 
run the ball, work the middle of the field, run the ball, yes. like make them make it tough, play t- really tough football. Cause that's what all these teams that beat them did. Pick up your blocks too. Like that's something that we're, and then we're, we haven't talked about because the offensive line has been really injured and they've, they've like had to come together and figure things out. But this is also going back to the coaching. Make sure the guy that's going to plug the blitzer plugs the blitzer. Don't put like, you know, the ghost of the the old Ferrari we used to have. The ghost, the ghost of Mo Morris in there to CJ Prosize to block the blitzer. CJ Prosize or or uh, what's up the uh, D Eskridge who's now I can't believe this guy's injured of all the luck. Of all the- <laughs> Happened. You can't believe he's injured. So that's trade yeah, him. You know, to, trade you him know to, with such a bad game ahead of us, guys. I got to make some jokes. You know, trade him to trade him to the Chiefs so he can reunite with. Sky trade Moore. him to the Dragons. He will be a star <laughs> so, for four games. He he won't. He won't. On defense, we had twenty-one pressures. Leonard Williams, Draymond Jones, and Boye Mafe combined for fourteen pressures. We had zero sacks. We need to oh, like. We, we need to them? get home on some. Of the, last time we played this. Yes. We need to get home on some of those pressures. A sack so, is a drive killer. We need to get like if we have twenty one pressures, we should have at least two. Like, we should have at least two sacks. Yeah, like, the key to being to, we need to bring a little bit. Brock Purdy down. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. The thing. Okay, so a lot of people are like, "Oh, Brock Purdy. Like, it's his throws aren't that impressive." And so, okay, so I'm just gonna explain Brock Purdy to people so they understand because I feel like I have to defend this guy all the time, and I I'd like to stop because I'd like you just to understand why he's good. Okay, so yes, all the weapons he throws to are great. That's amazing. But the his ability to analyze the snap pre-snap, which I don't know how much you know is that is is Shanahan helping him in the helmet. You know, it's hard to know. But then, so his ability to analyze pre-snap what's going to happen, and then make quick decisions to find the right throw is really good. That's what's really what's really good about him is he's he's very consistently finding the correct throw and making the throw. Is he the most accurate passer? No. Does he throw interception worthy balls sometimes? Yeah, because he's he's not like an elite arm talent. This is guy is like he's a little better than Jimmy G in the arm talent category, but he's not like worlds ahead here. But you know what he is better at Jimmy G than he's not he's not just plugging into the zoning in on one guy and making a bad throw to into double coverage. He just doesn't do that. He he's very good at analyzing the situation and making picking the right throw. And that's a sustainable skill. He's gonna be he's gonna be an annoying Kirk Cousins level cornerback for a long time, um, but you know what? Hopefully, San Francisco pays him like he's a top ten quarterback because I do not think that that's a recipe for success. He needs to be surrounded with good weapons to be at his best, and uh, that's that's kind of where right. we maybe take them down. All right, let's go. Ready? Forty. Uh, here we go. Forty Nine ers versus Seahawks. I'm gonna go. F- I'm actually think this game's gonna be closer. I'm gonna go Seahawks twenty two. 49ers 31. 28. Uh, I'm going to go. Oh, oh go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, there's a dead air. Uh, I'm going to go 28-26 49ers. Um, we, we put some things together. Uh, we still get sacked a lot and um, just fall short. Just fall short in the game against our hated rivals. All right, so we got a request uh, from 35, our. 35-24. Oh, Okay, we got a request uh, from our. No, you didn't pick the Seahawks. What? Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, hey, Kevin. So we've now done a scientific test. One week where we activated the power and it didn't work, and I mentioned it. And one week where we activated the power and it didn't work, and I didn't mention it. So it just 
power power's broken. Our our power is that's lost. makes me kind of wonder if uh, <laughs> the team that we're using it on is terrible. <laughs> they're not terrible. They're mid. Okay. So uh, the uh, our biggest patron, Dude Offer the Tucci, our our our, fa- our favorite fan, he has a request. He wants us to every episode mention one local restaurant that we like. So uh, I'm gonna Ooh, okay. So, wait, is so, this the commercial for Zencaster? Because I love eating at Zencaster. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> not not yet. Uh, so my okay, I'm gonna give my favorite game day eats, and I think Kevin and Eric will, will be able to back me up on this. But if you are in in for a game, you don't normally come to Seattle, and you want to eat close to the stadium and eat the best food that's close to the stadium, and I think one of the best places to eat in the whole city, regardless, uh, that's Tats Deli. Tats Deli is really good. Uh, go there before the game. You'll enjoy yourself. We took the the you know Australian members of the, the Australian contingency to to Tats Deli before the game, and they were like, and then a week later he was like, "Hey, I'm still thinking about that sandwich." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's really good." <laughs> uh, the owner Jason, and I talked to him uh, before some Sounders games in the past, and he said that he imports his bread from the East Coast because they just can't get it right over here. I don't know what that means, but you know what? Go for it because the sandwiches are great. So that's, I think that's, I've uh, had like fine. eight or nine different things on the menu and every single one of them is good. Um, Zero misses, if it's yeah, been a while, a it's the chicken Parmesan that I go for because their chicken Parmesan and eggplant Parmesan subs are both absolutely Always. top, top tier. Egg, eggplant Parm's really good. The cheesesteak's obviously good. It's a cheesesteak. Um, yep. Yeah. The, the regular cheesesteak is just awesome. Uh, I like the, uh, the Hoppestrom. Excellent. Any, any of the sandwiches that come with chicken strips on them are also very good. Like mm-hmm. just all, all of them are great. Okay, yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's our that's our restaurant. Next next week I'll prop next week I'll I'll, sne- I'll sneak preview it. I'm going to talk about my favorite noodle restaurants. Yeah. Do you guys want to mention anything else, or do you want to just move to the? It's going to be a long movie club. I think we should. Just... I'll give another. I'll give another restaurant oh. next time. Go. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a long movie club. Yes, this is like our longest movie club of the year. Oh, yeah, we'll but, do, but we'll do before we go to movie club, though, I just got to tell you, the program we used to record this podcast is called Zencaster, and it's really great. Uh, Zencaster is uh, <laughs> last week. Last week, you want to you want another uh, um, adventure, Nathan? Last week, so Kevin, he goes like, all right, guys, I got to go, and he leaves. And then I'm like, okay, let me download all these tracks. And I hit the wrong button. And then it was like, oh, tracks not finalized. And I was like, oh, no, did we lose the podcast? But of yeah, course, it restarted like, it, Kevin. It was yeah, like- me and me and Eric were just talking while I'm trying to figure it out. Of course, Zencaster saved, <coughs> saved my bacon again. So it's a great service. They Like I tell you, it's idiot proof. I'm the dumbest person in the world, but somehow it still gets the gets me <laughs> uh, the, the tracks ready to record every week. So check it out. Uh, Zen Zencaster. Dot com. Use our use our code Seahawks Nest. You get twenty five percent off if you want to record a podcast. Uh, I highly highly recommend it. I I've used all the other stuff like showing up on other podcasts, Streamyard or whatever. Like all the other sorry, all the competitors. I should not name them by name, <laughs> but but uh, Zencaster <laughs> Zencaster stands above for me personally. Love them. So okay. Uh, I just missed the spec as we used to get to talk about group shaving, Eric. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Eric's balls. Okay, miss so, the old spec ads. You, you love you, you've seen you but for those about, for those that are turning these, this off because they're scared. Uh, but what about these balls? Desperately wanted those to pay balls us. Oh my gosh, the Zencaster. He said okay, no. Zencaster uh, <laughs> advertisement, but Manscaped was like, "Hey, we'll send you all the ball shaving kits you want, and you know you can do a preview ad, and then we'll do a preview campaign, and then if the campaign goes well, then we'll pay you." all and i was like i was like dude i just don't believe in this product at all like 
I can't. I cannot. So many process, steps. I just I cannot don't process, want to talk I cannot, about it. I don't like, want to talk about it. I don't believe it. And they're like, "Oh, we'll write the ad copy for you. You can just read it. We've got some great stuff." And I was like, "I've heard these ads on their podcast. They're not funny. <laughs> they're just not. They're not funny." Anyway, if you want to, maybe it's a great product. I don't know. I don't believe in it though. I just like you can shave your balls with anything. Okay. Uh, well, that's a true way. Balls, I might have gone too far. Unless it's, unless it's unless it's Zencaster. And then sharp. Zencaster is sharp. the absolute best. Okay, uh, chips. Okay, so sorry. Uh, I've, I've, I've been, obviously I've been, I'm really into baking right now, and I decided to like bake with my kids. Kevin bakes with, with every year as well for Christmas, and I was like, let's do something like cookie related. So we listed off like every single like store cookie that you can think of. We got 40 store cookies. We're gonna tear them off. Okay, so S obviously is the best. Then A, B, C, D, F. Okay, so we're gonna start off. Um, I'm going to alphabetize these. So just give me one Thank second. You. Uh, here we go. Good we're call. gonna we're gonna do this by alphabetical order. So data, data, data. Create a filter. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so coming up first, then is animal cookies. Animal cookies. Uh, this I'm talking about circus animals, the ones with no frosting, the ones that just like are like really crappy. I like uh, that they're but- slightly lemony. Yeah, they have some sort of old lady. That's, that's perfume my only taste. thing I have to say about them. Old lady Your, perfume is uh, a great deep, way to describe. It what's is in a there. it is a very uh, nostalgic flavor. Dear dear, I feel like the nostalgia makes it a D. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta go D because in honor okay, of our, not mid. In honor of our uh, in honor of our ball shaving spec ad, we're gonna give it the D. Oh my gosh! Now I have to leave it in. <laughs> now, so people yeah, now I have to reference. leave it in. Gosh, gosh, you, you had to do that to me. All right. Um, Cut it out. Let it be a mystery. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to make – I'm just going to bleep for like a minute straight. Like, and people are going to be like, what happened right here? Did someone die? Is that a heart monitor? Okay. Um, all right. The Belvita like, yes, breakfast exactly The Belvita breakfast biscuit. And the reason this is on here is I Googled at one point in the pre-show <laughs> – what are the most popular cookies in America? And number four was the Belvita. And it, it they counted it as a cookie. And I was and Eric goes, That's not a cookie. That's a great breakfast snack. I said, I said, it is a it is a wonderful breakfast cracker, according to everyone in my office. Because like we'll bring <laughs> it to you know order. And yeah, it'll be like 20 Belvitas upstairs, and then there's only seven. And everyone at their desk is like nom, 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 nom. and like, bro, it's eight in the morning. It's in the morning. You don't need 12 grams of Belvita. Yeah. Each, each I, package. 12 I grams of sugar. I to have one. I was like, whoa, there's 12 grams of sugar in this? No, I'm going to keep my uh, 7 grams of sugar so, yogurt. Thing so, Eric, much. I want you to rate it as a cookie, not as a breakfast <laughs> breakfast thing. Where did you put it? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, I got to go D because it's kind of got that England biscuit flavor. You know, they don't have cookies over there. They have biscuits. And it's a mid-sweet, almost cracker. It's not a super cookie for me, guys. I got to give that a D. I'm starting two Ds. Double D. <laughs> I, I'm willing to go F I'm a good I, way. not a big Belvita fan. Just going to just gonna throw that My out there. My issue with the Belvita is there are good Belvitas and terrible Belvitas. Like, different flavors have different qualities. It ranges from C to F. All right, we'll just put D then. Uh, all right, Biscoff. You know, if you go on an Alaska Airlines flight, Biscoff? you're going to get a Biscoff. <laughs> On the uh, Alaska Airlines flight, I'm just gonna say I think Biscoff low key underrated, pretty solid cookie, really like got a nice flavor and works. You can do work with these in recipes, like you can put you can put Biscoffs to work, like making like a nice cookie butter and stuff. 
Um, I'm a fan. I don't know how much of a fan. I don't know how high I'm willing to go here. It's not S. But I, I could see I could see all the way up to A, but I think B is where I would settle. Oh, B for Kevin. B. B for Biscoff. What do you guys think? Uh, so I would put it at a C because on its own merit, it's like the benchmark for if I saw this, would I actually want to eat one? The answer is yes. That makes it bang average. I can do stuff with it that's good, but that's not the cookie. But do, that's the rest. But do you have to be? But do you have to be on a plane, Kevin? That's the other question. <laughs> well, you can get them. You can get them off a plane. Them. I have a bu- I have a bunch in my in my pantry yes, but right you now. stole them from planes. <laughs> You've been I think can I can I get one for Nathan my son? Separating please? by preparing. Uh, another thing about them, it's like a one of one flavor. Like it, they taste a little different than than any other cookie you're going to get in a grocery store. Too, I'm just going to throw that out there. All right, so All right we have Eric. B and C. Uh, Eric, where are you going? We put them put them in a C because every time I have them, I go, oh, better than I thought they'd be. It's again nostalgic flavor. It, it, so it's the opposite of uh, candy corn, where every time you eat it, it's worse. Yes. Than <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, just a quick side story, since we said this would be long. I had like eight candy corns uh, towards Halloween. I meant to tell you guys. And when I did, I was like, I had three and then I had three more and then I had two more. And I said, Kevin will be so angry with me. Why'd you keep eating them? I'm because really they were in front in of me and I'm a fatty fat. Okay. So and I wanted I would Kevin. Hey, I have a funny and story I about this. Houses. I have a funny story about this. Twizzlers? So what? One time we and Kevin and a couple of our other you friends are hanging out playing you. board games. And, and it's, and so, uh, I, I had these Twizzlers because I did like a thing in my class and I just it was a huge Twizzlers, package of them. It was a huge bag of Twizzlers. And oh, I just God, I was like, I don't suck. like these guys. I, you, these are terrible. I'll, I just, I'm going to put them on the table if you want them. You guys can have them. And everyone kept eating them and kept eating them. But like I was just talking trash about them the whole time. But it was like this Costco size pack of Twizzlers. And by the end of the night, it was all gone. <laughs> Wow. It was and like, like so and I didn't I eat. I ate one, zero. I, I, was like, I ate zero. These are garbage. Why am I eating this? And I physically move the package away from me. And every time someone would move the package closer to me, I would get visibly upset because I'm like, I'm going to just reach for one and I don't want these. I'm going to get halfway through chewing one and be so upset with myself. So Eric, yeah, anyway, if you the, the trick is throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Okay, chess chessmen. The chessmen. Uh, it's a chessmen buttery cookie. It's like a shortbread. It's a shortbread cookie. It's okay. It's a D. I think it's a D. It's like one of the uh, of see, the shortbread cookies on this list. It's it's like one of the shortbread cookies on this list. Chips Ahoy, the regular ones. D. Go ahead. It's an F for me. Uh, I good. I hate the crunchy chips. Ahoy. Okay, so here's the thing. The only reason the only reason why I want to make it a D is so that it's even more dramatic when I make the chewy ones an F because those are disgusting. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm let's, actually let's start with regular. On, I'm full let's, on board. I want to D draw here. a line between the two because you didn't make another tier down I could put the chewy ones on. If you say, "Hey, I got cookies in the kitchen and they're chips ahoy," I'm going to be really disappointed. But if you're like, "Hey, hey, all I have are chips ahoy," but I do have a bunch of milk, then it's kind of like, okay. "Yeah, okay, they're good if you can turn them into cookie crisp." Great. Yes. So cookie crisp. That, that makes it an even D. All right, Eric, what do you think about what do you think about chips ahoy chewy? Everything Kevin said, uh, stamp of approval, notarized. <laughs> Um, it's, I, 
my favorite thing S about plus, them, no when, I, when I say favorite, I mean least favorite, is I have one. And since I was like 12, I was like, what's this? And it's heartburn. You look up heartburn. <laughs> when I was 12, I was like, oh, what's this like acid I have in my throat? Ugh, they taste what's... they taste kind of off to me. Like they're, they they're taste like the cookie, cookie went bad. <laughs> there, there's like there's like something in these cookies that makes it taste like un- <laughs> unnatural, like it's from another planet or something. I yeah, wouldn't give I would have gave it a D and regular chips Ahoy F, because the like soft texture is more appealing to me than the crunchy texture. But they're both disgusting. You can like put them both in F. I don't care to keep them. <laughs> soft. Okay, let's put them both in F. That's appropriate. But they just mold the chemical in the shape of a I'm cookie. I'm fine with that. Just put all, put the, Chips Ahoy is just the worst cookie. Like, I would never choose Chips Ahoy. Someone's probably mad at, really mad right now. Uh, Dosey Dose, the Girl Scout cookie. We put a few Girl Scout cookies in here because they were on a lot of lists that mentioned this. Uh, Dosey Dose is the oatmeal peanut butter one. I think it's solid but not spectacular. I'd put it right next to Biscoff for me. So uh, I would have put it in B, but I, since Biscoff's in C, I think I just could C. It's, the, it's a good cookie. Uh, it's solid. Uh, Are you ready for a massive outlier take? You're going to say S, because I know that you like these. They're so good. <laughs> I, I don't, they're just okay. really addicting. I could, eat a whole, I, could, I could eat a whole box of them. How do, know, they compare to, like, how do they compare to you to Nutter Butters? Like, are they way better than uh, Nutter Butters? They to you? are like a better <laughs> butter, but like only slightly better. Like, Nutter Butters okay, is like A. Okay, I was gonna say I'm not putting nutter butter in A, and like this is like very similar to it's like a slightly better nutter butter. To okay, me. I was ready to put. Sorry, this in these a B. are crack. <laughs> I was I was ready to put this in a B, so you guys can. Well, well yeah, really B's fine then. That's what's the difference. I like it. That's what's the difference. I'm with Kevin. These are these that's are fair. really good. Yeah, uh, the double stuff Oreo. Great, so good. Uh, yeah, S. I, I I'm gonna S. put. A- I'm going to put every Oreo in S. I'm just going to warn you in advance. Oreo is the perfect <laughs> Oreo is the perfect cookie. It doesn't matter if it's thin. doesn't matter if it's medium. doesn't matter if it's fat. Um, and all those – the thing that I like about it is like, okay, well, I'm gonna, let's just do all of the Oreos now. The thing I like about double stuff Oreos, regular all Oreos, different. Oreo thins is they're all good for different reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yes. They're all good for different reasons. I, I respect <laughs> and love and care about every Oreo. They're three S, separate S, cookies. S, S, S. <laughs> Yes. So I, I think I've lived my whole life. Are Oreos the Reese's peanut butter cup of cookies? Probably. Probably. We're kind of basic for liking them a lot. Probably. Do you you guys want to put any types of Oreos out of S? Out of S? Is that that's the question for me? Uh, The golden Oreos are not good. I'd say golden Oreos. B. B. Golden Golden B for me too. I was gonna say either B or C. I lived. I'm happy putting them in a C. (laughs) I've lived my whole life kind of being against double stuff. Just mm-hmm. because the single Oreo is so good, guys. Like two months ago, I don't know how double stuff ended up in my house, but they were here, and I was like, I don't like double stuff that much. They're they're kind of overrated. I'm gonna have one because it's been like 20 years. I destroyed. said about my eating the Oreos that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? I destroyed you know, these. The Oreo things too. I just want to say, like, if I'm having regular Oreos, or yeah. oh, go ahead, Kevin, finish your double stuff thought, and then we'll come back. I'll circle back. Uh, the thing about the thing about single Oreos is <clears throat> I'm dipping every time, like perfect milk dipping cookie. Double okay. stuffs, twist. You eat the cream, then you eat the cookie. Totally different eating experience. Both delightful. Yeah, and another thing too is like when you eat the Oreo cookies without milk, people are like, "Oh, 
It's like, but just, just, just set that, set that cookie in your mouth and just let it kind of like dissolve, dissolve a little bit. I don't know. They're still really good. <laughs> just don't care. Golden Oreo, just to, to, to get it. Uh, Oreo thins. I like just like, they're just the chocolate like, cookie in an Oreo is actually pretty decent. It has a good chocolate flavor. I'd say the Oreo mint thins. Oreo thins? Mm. <clears throat> yeah. El, <clears throat> El Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Golden Oreo. So we got, got to double up on what Eric said. I agree. We're uh, good on B or C, B or C. <clears throat> they're solid but not spectacular i would never choose them over a chocolate oreo in any situation okay uh l fudge i'm very e fudge. they're not they're not hispanic uh elves are <laughs> okay fine le, le fudge le fudge <laughs> no el fudge. fudge uh this is the keebler elf cookie i am very nostalgic for these when i was a kid like it was like my favorite cookie when i was a kid going back to it i was like this is what i liked a lot when i was a kid i was a little disappointed um, the chocolate that middle in the middle tastes kind of like little... the roof frosting, doesn't it? It's a little something, right? Yeah, I there's something about it. It's a C for me now. <laughs> I, yeah, thirteen or sorry, like eight year old Nathan Santo. This is an S, <laughs> but thirty seven year old Nathan Santo is, it's, is a, okay. I'm happy okay. putting it in C, but I think it was an S for two reasons. One, that that Dunkaroo frosting in the middle is something special, and also let's face it. It's in the shape of a little guy, and it's like it's so it's, much fun because you're like, oh, it is the Keebler Elves. <laughs> rap, 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 rap. All right, famous, famous. <laughs> it's Chips Ahoy, but it doesn't totally suck. D. It's Cookie Crisp <laughs> minus the milk. D. <laughs> um. It, okay. I would eat famous, famous. This cookies was such a foundational part of a, my childhood. I would eat them if they're in front of me. So I, I mean, I can't put them in F. Well, would, it's a, it's a cookie ranking. I was I gonna put, I was gonna put them as a C because the nostalgia is so strong. But I won't object to them being in D. All right, Eric, you get to break the tie then. C or D? Can this be my first plus ranking? You going C? I, I, I was gonna say <laughs> D plus, D plus. It's no, not like okay. we're going C then. We're going C. Okay, all right, C it is. It's Amos, fine. The Amos, Amos the, the original Amos deserves it. Fig Newtons. F. I, th I, I this isn't a Newton ranking, is it? I, I find I find the texture of Fig Newtons very off putting. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Even yes. even, even before I mentioned the flavor. Wait, which are is we not doing my are we doing all Newtons or just Fig Newtons? Just Fig. I uh, forgot there's like, the most, okay, the first most of all, all Newtons all Newtons have the texture of a Nutrigame bar, which is nothing I'm looking for in a cookie. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like it's such a weird Fig Newtons are further from a cookie than Belvita not cookie cookies are. The first time I had a gluten-free cookie, I said, why does this taste like a Fig Newton? <laughs> and you didn't like it, so that's yes. good. Our Fig Newtons are F. Okay, fortune cookies. Kind of like the slight honey flavor of fortune D. cookie. Guys, I actually... go to Wajamaya or Maruda in Georgetown, and they have fortune cookies that have not been folded. They're just nice. That sounds so good. Flat, and they are... Uh, those are a B, easy. I, so. I'm, I was gonna go C actually. I, <laughs> very good I think go C on the okay, C, C on the fortune cookie. Unless the fortune comes true, then it's a B. Uh, okay, frosted that animals. Slight honey taste like a really good with tea. Yeah, it's good. It's just a salt. Uh, There's nothing like special about a fortune cookie, but that's kind of the C tier right now. There's nothing special about Biscoff, El Fudge, <laughs> Famous Amos, or fortune cookies. They're frosted all just animals. Salt. I think are a C also. I think frosted animals are also a C. They're a little too. That. They're a little too sweet for my taste now, but there was a time in my life when this would have been like a B or a C, and I stick with it. Fudge stripes. I want like four of them. B. Uh, fudge stripes. Fudge stripes. A or B. 
I'll go B. I'm with Kevin. Like, I don't want more than like four or five. Yeah. You want to eat like a couple of these. And then after that, you're like, okay. And I never have. Even as a little kid, I was like, that's "That's enough fudge. Ginger snaps. Here's my problem with ginger snaps. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Kevin went went full on. (laughs) I love ginger snaps. He's going to hate this. The problem for me is in the name. It's a snap. I I don't want a cookie that tastes like this to be a snap. I want it to be a little softer, and that's yes. my issue. This is actually my issue with this cookie as well. Whenever I don't hate them, but I gotta be honest. I think they're they're a D for me. I'm, if if Kevin wants a, to put uh, this way higher, I get it. Let me give you my strong take on this, and then I have no problem if it settles into like C or whatever. But I'm a big fan of like classic flavors, like root beer, cream soda, uh, molasses cookies. Uh, ginger cookies like uh, I love like cinnamon stuff I love those like simple classic flavors and they Mm -hmm. have a really soft spot in my heart so here's the thing is that there for me is there's just a cookie that has almost the same flavor profile as a ginger snap that's just directly better and that that's like a problem like when I'm doing stuff like this is like I yes ginger snaps are okay they're they're a C but like if someone had that let's just skip to it mother's iced oatmeal right next to you you're just going to eat S. Mother's Iced Oatmeal. Mother's Iced Oatmeal rules. S like that, tier. That is a great cookie. I was going to say A, but I'm fine with S. Like, Grant, if, the Mother's Iced Oatmeal is just an, an elite cookie that has, like, the same flavor profile as, like, kind of like a ginger snap kind of oatmeal. I want three, maybe four uh, uh, fudge stripes. Uh, Mother's Iced Oatmeal, pry the bag from my cold, <laughs> dead hands. Heart attack there- time. They're also so good because if you forget the bags up there and then you find it, you're like, oh, I'm going to kill this bag. Whatever's yes. left belongs <laughs> to me. <laughs> because three weeks ago, I was trying to be an adult about it and only eat half the bag. And it was actually <laughs> of the bag. So, yeah, that's that's an S tier. All right. Uh, milk, it's great. Without milk, sorry, milk, it's all mine. Uh, grandma's cookies, which are like the peanut butter, uh, chocolate chip uh oatmeal cookie oatmeal raisin i would say these are very similar to chips ahoy chewy except they're slightly better so d less less chemical they're like if chips ahoy chewy didn't taste like they were made with paint thinner yeah but they're not good if you want to say d i'm good they're with still it. they're still like weird the texture of them is weird like it's unnatural the the double chocolate i would put it c everything else i'd put a d yeah all right grasshopper cookies <laughs> Grasshopper cookies. A or B. I love that mint. Yeah, that you never had a grasshopper, Eric? The 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 Keebler the Keebler grasshopper mint and fudge. It's like a thin mint that's not as good. Yeah. Guys, I've never had this before. Uh yeah. So basically if you're like if you're really craving thin mints and it's not Girl Scout season, um it's a it's a B for me. I I think it's like the problem that it's too big. No, it's just not thin enough. It just doesn't quite have the right chocolate to to mint balance. And it just, okay. it's not, it's not the right kind of minty. It's not minty like the Thin Mint is. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Milano's. Milano's are good. A? I eat Milano's a lot with my kids. They okay. Love everything really you good. said, what was the cookie you said? Like uh, the, the EL fudge, everything you said El about fudge. EL fudge is how I feel about Milano's. Like as a kid, I felt like I was Liz Taylor. <laughs> I'm the bell of the I'm the bell of the ball. I'm the bell of the ball. But now I feel like, uh, like I'm not fancy. Like I should 
I'm just a street rat and I don't deserve these fancy cookies. Or if street these cookies are so f- Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a thousand bad guys with squad. Got it. Got to steal to eat. Got to eat to live. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I can eat Milano cookies, what does that say about true royalty? It means that Liz Taylor ain't shit. I'm so glad we started early this week so we could really go yeah, off so on, this, on the subject. I got to say, these are probably a. Again, we have these at work and I'm just like, meh. Uh, D for me, but uh, you guys play somewhere you want, and I can't. I will not argue. We both went A. We both so went I A. Think, yeah. I think we're just going to keep it in A then. Good. Keep, keep um, it in B then. I wrote, B, you want to put it in B? That's fine. I just want to note the A tier is completely empty right now, which I love. Uh, okay. Um, mouth mouth pillows, which are the lighthouse the lighthouse frosted cookie. My dad calls them mouth pillows because it's like, a, so they're so soft. They're so soft. Now, for, yeah, these are, these are the, if you go to any store in the deli section, yep. these are the soft cookies with like an a obnoxious pink frosting you can also find them in every teacher's lounge where the kid goes my parents don't want me to bring the rest of these home and so the teacher goes i don't want eight of these in my classroom and they put it in the teacher's lounge and then slowly over the course of the week somebody is sad enough every day to have one d they're they're pretty mid Uh, i would say c or d for me if okay, I didn't work um, in an elementary school, I'd have said C, but I work in an elementary school, so it's D. Sad enough to eat them. You guys know how I looked in 2017 and how I looked. <laughs> These things are S tier. They're so good. I can't eat just 17. Okay. What's the average of S, C, and D? Then? Is that B? Is that B then? That's B. All right. Mouth pillows made it to B then. All right. Uh, I have That's Nilla wafers cool. on here twice for some reason. Nilla wafers. Uh, you know why you had them on there twice? Because if you're making banana pudding, they're amazing. <laughs> If you're just trying to eat a whole box of a cookie and not feel terrible about yourself, even though they're still not good for you, this is an honest S for me. I oh, it's, it's all about nostalgia for me, and the fact that like a milk and cookie, like I would prefer this over chocolate chip, only because the volume can be so high. I would place I, them in C. I think they belong right alongside mi- Biscoffs pretty- and uh, Famous Amos. Pretty middle for me as well, but I could see B. So and I it's guess Nilla we'll... brand. It's got to be Nilla brand. It can't be Nilla brand. Nilla and you are right about banana pudding. That is a, that is absolutely the correct yes. answer. Yeah, it, Nilla wafers just like Biscoff are very applicable to recipes, um, which is why I wanted to put Biscoff higher as well. Fair. So you know what? I'll take the victory on Nilla wafers in B and just count it as a victory for Biscoff as well. Uh, <laughs> nutter, <laughs> nutter Nutter Butters. The Nutter Butters. Either A or B. Yeah, I think nutter butter peanut butter sandwich cookies have a have a spot in my childhood as well. They're they're really they're really good. It's it's a very unique flavor. It, they're they're solid. I, B for that's me. what it is. It's a unique flavor. B for me as well. Uh, the the nutty bar. So the next two are the little Debbie's cookies things. So this one's like a giant Kit Kat with peanut butter in it. Do you want to know my 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 nut, yes. nutty bar thing? Nutty bars. The, when I was yeah. a kid, I had a friend who was diabetic, and he'd always have nutty bars. This is like snack of choice for if his sugar blood sugar was low. And uh, I don't know, that just always seems so cool to me. Like just nutty bars. That's a lot of sugar. All times. Yeah, it's just sweet. Uh, nutty bars are good. They're it's an sweet. S tier, but if you eat two packages, you'll die. It's not eat S tier. Eat two packages me. and you will instantly throw up. But if for you me, eat I want one to, package, I'm ready it's like to, an S tier experience. I'm ready to open up the A tier with, with nutty bars here. <laughs> nutty buddy. I'm so willing to have it. Yes, nutty buddy. Like it, it's like that giant, it's oh. like a giant Kit Kat, you know, with the. If for me personally, this is like the, it's a giant if the, Avenue. If the nutter butter wasn't 
like the unique flavor, just something it's just not as good for me. So you want it down in like C then? Yeah, but I mean, if you guys, here's the thing. Let's put it in B, who cares? Uh, Hold on. <laughs> no, no, you should know this about me though, is I didn't like peanut butter as a kid. So a lot of my peanut butter tastes have, are from adulthood. So if you're like, if it's really singing to you, then go ahead and take it. Nah, take okay. it higher. I the, We're going to fill up. I have a feeling we're going to start filling up the A tier real quick. It's also second. funnier to make <laughs> oh, to have a ton of S tiers. Oatmeal cookie, oatmeal cookie sandwich. The little Debbie's. A. These are so A-tier. good. A-tier. They're worse than they're worse than Mother's iced oatmeal though, so I cannot put them in the same tier. It, feel, it would feel wrong to <laughs> yeah. me. They are clearly worse, but they are very good. Uh, Pepperidge Farms soft cookies. All of them, <laughs> every flavor at once. Didn't <laughs> you have to eat them all? Uh, C. They're like if Grandma's cookies weren't weird. Yes, the, we are. We are moving up the soft cookies chemical tr- track with here with with the chili I'm, chips all at the bottom. Then the grandma. I'm really cookies. happy with with C tier. Yeah, I think C tier is the right spot for him. The pirouette, which is like that rolled crunchy cookie with the chocolate. Those are inside. so much better than they should be. Yes, they're so good. A yes. or S even. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I go A. Okay. Uh, Pocky. C. I, I eat Pocky a lot with my daughter. It's like one of her favorite like like snacks to eat. She loves them. They're delightful, and the variety they're, is great. They're good, and the cookie part is surprisingly better than I thought because my daughter will only eat. She's three. Let's just start with that. She'll only eat till she gets down to the part where where the the, <laughs> the frosting ends or whatever, and then she gives me Eric the little does that piece at the adult, bottom. So. And well, I, I think the little piece at the bottom tastes kind of good. It's like kind of little. It's a little bit buttery. What I. Th- think you need to know kevin is that the my place of employment is about 250 feet away from a japanese deli and uh i've gotten everyone hooked on all the various flavors of pocky guys i've had them all i'm gonna put it in b tier b i i'm gonna be frenchy strawberry the cadillac of pocky all right uh royal dance (laughs) cookies which is that blue tin that your grandma had at her house Uh, (laughs) or or that every office has it, either now or like somehow on the twenty first, like no one's in the office. No, let's let's be clear. One there, one just spawns in the office. Yeah. <laughs> no one in history has ever bought one of these. Sometime in the month of December, they show up in every break room and every grandma's house. It's the when your day doesn't Dance go as you. Cookie. As long as you as your day doesn't go the way you want it, you restart the game and it auto spawns up there in the kitchen. It's true. <laughs> that's that's I, fact. They're they're buttery cookies, but D. they're like they're chessmen. <laughs> they're chessmen cookies. It's just they're in they're a different D, but shape. If you're at work, any okay. Here's my thing about these. These cookies aren't very good, but it's kind of like the girl <laughs> you hook up with that you didn't think you would, and you really never thought of it, and then it like the opportunity presents itself, and you're like, you know what? It was fine. It uh, was fine. Okay, <laughs> back to girl. Back. We're gonna, we're gonna do some Girl Scout cookies here. We're gonna go back to Girl Scout cookies. Samoas. Uh, I don't even a? like coconut, and I know these are good. A, a, it's an A tier. I actively dislike coconut, and I think these are good. Tagalongs. This is my favorite Girl Scout cookie, so S. But I'm, I know I'm. I not call gonna... them Tagalogs. Yes, <laughs> the inferior <laughs> peanut butter cookie. No, these are not worse than those. <laughs> okay, uh, they're they're a B for me. The the chocolate doesn't work for me. It's like a peanut butter cup that has a cookie in the middle. Like that's what it reminds me of. Like, it's like. Super good to me. Oh, what are you, where are you at, Eric? Uh, a a uh, a tier for me. So it's S A. And would you say Kevin B? B C. So a. Okay, so then say okay. Uh, let's do just do Thin Mints now since we're doing all the Girl Scout cookies. Uh, Thin Mints S. S. 
S S S in the freezer. A and if you, A if you don't put it in the freezer, but but S in the freezer, and I just put them in the and freezer. like S plus crushed up as an ice cream topping. If you if you have not put like minty like treats in the freezer, like th- peppermint patties, thin mints, you miss uh, out. Uh, junior mints, junior mints are uh, junior mints suck. Like they're not a good candy. And then you put them in the freezer, and they go and they undergo a transformation to my favorite candy. It's like it's like they're they're so good. All right, uh, tre- trefoils. Uh, these are better than all the other uh, shortbread cookies we put on here so far. I would go C. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll put them C. Uh, okay. Let's do uh, Teddy Grams. D. <coughs> D tier. Uh, they're okay. Yes. Fair. I actually think they or might be. Are C, they C, C because me. they're directly better than animal cookies? I mean, I think they're wetter than animal cookies. I would. Oh, I was going to go see. Good call, Kevin. C tier. Yeah, Plus, you they're... can get like twenty-two in a handful. Exactly. So yeah. someone's like, "Hey, and the you're cinnamon just like, fill my hand good. up," and they're like, "Cinnamon." The cinnamon ones are the best ones. I. Agree. I'll take a few of these, and then you've got a third of the box in your hand, and no one knows. Wafer yeah. cookies. I hate to say that I like these, <laughs> but I do. <laughs> okay, these are like the these, little Debbie's. These are a D I don't know why because they don't taste like anything. They're packing peanuts me. if they were cookie, and for somehow they're not bad though. Like I they, don't understand they, why I like. They're definitely these. not F tier. I do. I just don't understand. Like I eat these, and I'm like, I shouldn't be enjoying this so much, but I really am. Like you I, know what it I, is? It's it's basically if somebody uh, took not a waffle cone, but like uh, a yeah, sugar sure. cone, and yeah. that was a cookie. So like if you just like went to the store and bought a box of sugar cones and ate them. That's what you're doing. I However, someone feels these. about that, that's how they should feel. I mean, it's stupid that I like these though. So I know it's I'm, nostalgia. I'm gonna... D tier. D. Okay, I'll put them in C because I said A, uh, and I was <laughs> and I was not trying to be funny. Uh, okay, Tate's Bake Shop Thin. That's the uh, that's the like these thin chocolate chip cookies you can get everywhere now. They're in a green bag. They taste like straight up butter to me. It's my favorite. St- it's might be my favorite store cookie that you can just regularly get in the store. Huh. It's up there with Oreos for me. Uh, really? It's an S for me. They're so good. They taste like butter. Wow. Like, I don't even know. I like these. They taste they're like pretty good. actual cookies. I just think uh, they're fine. I would have gone B, so I think I would have gone, gone C. So okay, so let's, let's just go B. Let's B. go B then. And then um, last but certainly not least, to uh, to honor our Australian contingent of fans, the the uh, the legendary Tim Tam. If L fudges about- were made for grown-ups... They'd be Tim it's a, Tams. It's an A or a B for me. It's a good. It's cookie. an A it's really, tier, I think. Every I think time you hear about other countries and their cookies and their desserts, they're not as sweet. Tim Tams belong in America. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. They are sweet, like American cookies. For yes, sure. okay. I would put these in A tier. All right. So, uh, yep, that's it. Uh, I will post this on the Discord for everyone to look at. Uh, for Kevin, for Eric, we will uh, see you all next week, and uh, go Hawks. Okay, so I know what some of you are probably thinking right now is that like Nathan didn't read the names and I sure didn't. I just like totally blank. So thanks to those who support the show. Do it all for the Tucci, Emmanuel, Andy, Brett, Cooper, Evan, Floctimus, Gavin, James, Jose, Joshua, Lucas, Malcolm, Ryan, Samuel, Terrence, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Cracksnacker420, Daniel, David, Feet Me on Rye, Foles, Jay, Luke, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Noah, Poops, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, and Chip. Thank you guys for supporting the show and we will see you next week. Go Hawks again.